80s throwback. My special guest is local Pennsylvanian filmmaker Carrie Hill for that badass 80s throwback old school slasher Scream Park. Carrie, how are you? I'm good. Thank you very much for the intro. That uh, uh, couldn't open it better myself. Well, you know, um, a lot of these um, people who listen to my uh, reviews know that I'm a diehard 80s horror fan. I grew up in the 80s, of course, and I think that's why, obviously, why it's so partial to me. And some films like Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, uh, Mold, um, these films have that 80s throwback feel. And then I came across your film from another reviewer that he reviewed it, uh, Independent Flicks. Uh, I think his name is Jorgen Lundgren. And he posted it on my page, and I looked at it and said, Get out. I, I seen the 80s thing. I said, instantaneously, <laughs> I had to contact you guys to find out how to get my hands on this film to watch and review. And believe me, you know, people can say what they want to say about no-budget films or low-budget films or anything. But when you make it 80s throwback with the clothes, the music, the the killers, the I just absolutely brought me back to my youth. And when a movie does that, I don't care how many people don't like the film. If it brings me back to my comfort zone as a youth growing up in the 80s, it's a hit. And I absolutely loved this film for that simple reason. When, when I was watching this film, I'm thinking stuff like... Um, a little bit of Friday the 13th, not the actual story, but the, the clothes, the stupid kids, the partying, the radio, <laughs> you know, and, and you combine it all together, you know, I just absolutely enjoyed this film, and I want to give you a special thanks again for sending me a link to review for my podcast. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled you enjoyed it, um, and, you know, you pick up a lot of the stuff. A few people have mentioned specifically the clothes, and you know, it's funny, the film doesn't actually take place in the 80s, but it's supposed to just feel and, you know, kind of have that uh, that nostalgia quality to it. And, you you know, you picked up on it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, um, and you're right. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, I actually got an email from someone who watched it, and they were they were flabbergasted. Um, and they they specifically picked out the shirt that, that Wendy's wearing in the film, the, uh, Jennifer. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, that's the shirt from Friday the 13th. And it's just funny because when we were doing like clothing design and wardrobe choice and stuff like that and I said I gotta have a plaid shirt and I just I don't I wasn't sure why it just seems like in all those Friday the 13th movies somebody's all some girls always has always has a plaid shirt on right and it's funny you know you put it in you think okay yeah that's neat and then these people pick up on it and it's like oh my god see that shirt from you know Friday the 13th part 2 and everything it's it's awesome yeah it is yeah. and and you you were very clever Carrie um, when I say that is guys like you get it I mean when you, I like it when filmmakers try to throw something in the film and see who picks it out. It's one of these tools to connect a person to your film, and I don't know if it was intentional or however, but it worked. And the killers in this film, the mask they were wearing is—I think it made it more creepier. There's one scene I think I mentioned in the review that the manager. And the one girl was standing back. I think it was a tree or something. I can't remember what it was. But it had the angle on these two guys from a distance wearing these masks. And they're looking around. And I thought, 
the movie was well shot. I mean, it was well made. I mean, do you know what I'm saying? I'm saying it just it, it it attracted me to. I said, dude, I like this guy's work. I really dig this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the first one too. I mean, this was the first feature film that uh, that I went at this hard and I actually completed. Um, so I, you know, thank you very much. I mean, I, it blows me away because this, this is the first one. And that's the, that's what impressed me the most. Is when I found that out. That's what impressed me. I said, "This dude has it. I want to work with this dude down the road. <laughs> I gotta work with this dude down the road because you have you have the. I mean, let's face it. We're not going to talk about numbers here, but I know it's low budget. Okay, considering, <laughs> and I know that. See, when I review a film, I mean, people get tired of me. It's like a broken record. But when I review a film, the first thing that I focus on is budget. You have to because you can't. You know, yeah, and it's because you can't. It's a lot like boxing, right? You got heavyweights, lightweights, middleweights. You know, right. it's not fair if it's going up against a heavyweight, right? And then when this movie kicked off, you know, you had the I loved it, the, dude. I must have watched this movie three times already. I, <laughs> I have friends come over and uh, real close friends of mine that I grew up with going to school, and we all like the '80s horror. You know, it's like, dude, check this out. I mean, I, obviously, it stays in my house, whatever. So check this out. And they loved it because it brought us back to when we were younger. I mean, it might, like like you said, it wasn't supposed to be that era, but the clothes and all. And we were like, dude, do you remember this? You know, it's like it's it's just an amazing accomplishment that you pulled off here. Which that reminds me, I have to um, do a, a review for you on the IMDb. I don't like to write, but I'll do something for you because it's waiting. Oh, it's awaiting five votes too. But um, now. What has the reception been so far as far as you had – this was being screened, correct? Yeah, we had our Pittsburgh premiere. Our hometown premiere was um, January 6th um, here in Pittsburgh. And we had had one, one world premiere at Conneaut where we actually filmed it. That was on Halloween night um, last fall. And the film wasn't 100% complete done then. Um, so we've had two official screenings so far. And, you know, we sold out both houses, which was awesome. Nice. Um, Especially the, the Pittsburgh House was a big theater. There's this place called the Hollywood Theater in Dormont, um, which is in southern Pittsburgh, and you know it's a 300 seat house. And I, someone, one of my guys on my crew had told me the story that you know when we open the doors and I'm there to take tickets and greet everybody, the manager of the theater told the assistant manager, "Oh, you know you can go home for the night. It's just this tiny little local horror film." And we sold out the house. This mob of people show up. The doors burn open, the popcorn line is like literally 50, 60 people deep and we had to start the movie 30 minutes late because there were so many people, right? So, um, and after that, you know, I try to talk to everybody, everybody comes up and wants to tell me you know, what they thought and everything like that, but it's been overwhelmingly positive. Wow. Um, I, you know, it was hard, it was very hard to watch the movie in the theater for me because I want to just hide in the back or go, you know, <laughs> it's terrifying. Typical um, filmmaker. Typical. Yeah, filmmaker. I know, and, and it's rough, you know. And my wife will tell you, I sweat bullets through the whole thing, and I'm, you know, my shirt's soaked because I just, you know, what if they don't like it? What if they, what if they want their money back? Um, but it's been overwhelmingly positive. Standing ovation at the end of the Pittsburgh one, um, and you know, it's nice because the jokes fall in, people laugh when they're supposed to, they jump when they're supposed to, and you know, you, you don't want to be laughed out of a theater from your film. But I mean, you know, we've got four reviews in. I think yours will be the fifth, and they've all been overwhelmingly positive which is great so 
I mean, it's, and it's very encouraging. You know, like I said, I mean, this is the first go at it. Right. And it's been a ton of work, ton, ton, ton of work. And I'm, you know, proud of everybody who worked on it. But the fact that it's being received so well, particularly among the horror community, because these are the people that, you know, I want to, you know, I'm looking for, um, you know, acceptance from these folks. But it seems to be going rather well. So I'm curious to see with IMDb voting now open so people can read it. I'm curious to see how it does. Yeah. And now, are you looking for reviewers still? Sure. I mean, anybody who wants to review the film, you know, is welcome to. I, you know, I trying to build press about it and, and get the word out. So, I mean, if, if anybody, you know, is interested in reviewing it or doing a write-up or anything like that, sure. I'm, you know, I'm happy to do... I love doing things like this, actually. <laughs> All right, well, I will... Not do ego, but just because I, I want no. people to pick my... I'm going to take part in the Erie Horror Film Festival in October. Nice. Um, that, that's pretty much a done deal. Now, just the remainder is whether or not we're going to... Uh, we're going to be judged or not as part of the actual festival versus just screening there. So um, submissions have gone out to them, and that's going out to uh, there's a couple big ones in Chicago, Atlanta that we're going to try to to enter in and compete um, in terms of film festivals. And then as far as screenings go, we just did one in Jersey. Actually, I think I probably went right past where you were. We drove out to Jersey last weekend, uh, my assistant director and I, and we screened it at a club just outside of New York City. Oh wow! And you know, at this point, just reaching out to, you know, people like yourself that are, you know, know a theater in, in their city that would be interested in screening it and kind of help building um, buzz because, I mean, I'm happy to take it around. I mean, if, if, a, if a theater will take us and screen it, let's do it. Um, right. I've had a couple places turn us down, various reasons. Um, one of the big ones is, is the film isn't rated and you get these commercial theater chains that are owned by corporations and, and all this stuff and they cannot screen not unrated films and so we can't get in there so these little local movie houses are kind of our target right the Hollywood Theater in Dorma was perfect it's a it's a gorgeous remodeled renovated one screen show house and wow. it's great because it's retro I mean it has this retro facade on the front and uh, a retro ticket booth everything like that and I'm like this is perfect you can show an 80s film 80s-esque horror film in a theater like this it's wonderful right uh, you know love yeah. to do it in yeah. state, out of state, wherever. Yeah. So, and also, I have a festival for you if you're interested. Check out Horror Finder in Gettysburg. Oh, you know what? Um, I'm looking at that one actually. I want to do it because uh, Ogre it. is a regular there. Right. Um, and I want. I think I think Doug Bradley was there last year too, and so I'd love to team up with those guys again. I mean, even if we don't screen, I'm looking oh at least. Oh my God, that's tape. right. He, he was there because I was there. Doug Bradley was there. That's right. Yeah, and so well, there's there's going to be one. Um, there's our our big Pittsburgh one in September, which is uh, Horror Realm, and Doug Bradley's been a regular at that one. And, and there's discussion of you know I had asked them they should bring out Ogre, and we can have kind of a screen park reunion and headline the thing and you know screen the movie and have these two guys there. Um, so you know I mean we're working on it. You know I. I Ogre's kind of tough to pin down. He's very busy. He's putting out a new album. Skinny Puppy has a whole new album coming out, and so he's been bogged down with that. And Doug Bradley's back in the UK for a couple months. He goes back and forth. Right. That's cool. So, hey, yeah, I'll do what I can to help. I mean, I know. Um, no. Great. I mean, I'm happy to screen it wherever. I mean, anybody wants to show this thing um, in terms of a theater where we can set up shop, you know, sell tickets and yeah. and do the shebang. I'm happy to make a big event out of it. I will, you know, or even a place to be able to purchase the film on your site. Do you have a site like that yet or not yet? 
Yeah, actually, um, if you go to screenparkmovie.com, which is our, our main webpage for the film, we actually, we're, we're selling DVDs off the site. Um, so we're self-distributing it at, at, at this time, but of course, you know, the search goes on for conventional distribution. Um, I'm working as, as diligently as I can to sort of get out of the United States, uh, get the film out. There's a lot of people in Europe, particularly, um, that are, you know, almost desperate. They're, they're dying to get this film. We're very big in the UK. Yes. Um, and there is, we have a fan, uh, a young girl in Greece who is a huge, huge fan of ours, and, and she sent me an email begging me, you know, please let me know when it's available in Greece. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying to get the United States first, you know, the home country, but I, I'd love to get it out into the UK as soon as possible, or, you know, just all of Europe, anywhere in the world. Yep. Because, um, you know, horror fans are global. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You know, and, and I think the more reviews that you get, the more the virus spreads. The more the virus spreads, then the better chances of getting a distributor deal. I mean, it might not be the greatest deal in the world, but if it's something that you can get it out there for people to see, then it helps you out yeah. to your next film. Absolutely. You know, and the Internet has been um, very kind to us. You know, and I, and I think about it, you know, for what we made the film for and how we got it done and how we got financed with Indiegogo and Kickstarter. And, you know, it... It may not have happened if it weren't for the internet and a lot of the technical innovation, social media, and everything like that. So, I mean, a lot of people have found us, like you, um, and all the people that follow us on Twitter and Facebook and everything like that have found us, you know, through the internet. And right. it's a global thing. And it's awesome. I get emails from people all over the world about the film, which is just too cool. That's excellent. You know, that's great to hear. You know, and I want to thank you for coming on, and I really want to thank you and tell the cast as well. They did a fantastic Absolutely. job in the film. And uh, it's a it's a movie that's well worth a watch. So for all you listeners out there that that likes the '80s horror, even the '80 uh, or an '80s throwback, or even the '80s style film, definitely check out Scream Park down the road. If you want to buy a copy, you can go to Scream. Wait, Scream. <laughs> Scream <laughs> movie. Yeah, ScreamParkMovie.com. Exactly. ScreamParkMovie.com. You can go there. You can buy your copy right there. Go for it. I'm telling you, gruesome won't steer you wrong. And Carrie, thanks a lot for coming on the Voice of Horror Radio. I really appreciate your time. It's a fantastic Absolutely. film, and I'm, I'm looking for the best for your future projects and for this film to really become a virus on the internet. I'm trying, man. I'm legally, for it. legally, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah, keep tabs on us, man. I mean, you know, there's. It was a very talented casting crew. You know, these guys are already, you know, out searching for the next big gig, and including myself here. Um, working on this film, I've got my day job, but I, you know, definitely want to get back into the arena. This film took me two years, almost exactly. It took me about 20 months from script to completion, to the point where we could, you know, actually release it and premiere it. So, labor of love, absolutely. Um, it's just a really, really long time. So I'm hoping that, you know, and with that, you, you learn a lot. You learn what to do, what not to do, what works, what to stay away from. And so hopefully the next one doesn't take anywhere near as long. And, you know, bring back the slash. That's yeah, what I mean, that's, I, well, you know, it's funny because that we originally, one of the early marketing campaigns that we were discussing to attempt um, to sort of garner attention for the film and raise money and everything was um, the banister of Save the Slasher. Um, and the whole concept was is that one of the reasons why I want to do a film like this 
at this time was just, you know, I want to do a horror film, but you look around and the thing that's really popular right now is you've got, you know, you've got your torture porn flicks, you've got your saws, your, you know, hostels, your, you know, those kind of films. And we were fading out of those, but like ghost stories and paranormal are huge right now. You know, it's nothing but exorcism films and ghost stories and insidious and things like that. And it's like, you know, where are all the, where's all the slasher films? You know, where they, they seem to have become a joke. Um, and a parody of themselves, and it was kind of sad, and I kind of missed it. And at the same time, I was like, well, you know, the, the biggest thing of all right now, the thing that's most popular is, is nostalgia. Yeah. And so, you know, I wanted to do this film, and so part of the campaign was going to be save the slasher. You know, we're we're we're, just, we're drowning in a sea of supernatural and torture porn films, and you know, this weird miasma of of Hollywood horror, and, and lost in all that was the slasher film. And so, all right. Save the slasher, and why not? Why not go back and make a film that calls up all the greatest things from that golden age of slasher films? I will tell That's- you what I want to see made. I want a '80s throwback zombie film. <sighs> That's tough. Well, I mean, it's tough, and it's not. I I think it's a great request because you know one of my favorite horror films is is. The 1978 Dawn of the Dead, the original one. It's right. a fantastic movie. And, and zombies are huge right now. In fact, when people found out I was making a horror film, I knew they were like, oh, yeah, you're making a movie. Yeah, it's a horror movie. Oh, great, is it a zombie movie? <laughs> and I swear to God, 100 people said this to me, and I'm like, no, no, it's not. Because everybody, I mean, with The Walking Dead, to me, I mean, The Walking Dead's fantastic, but to me, that's jumping the shark. It's gone so far now, it's, it's mainstream. Well, I watched the first season, and that's all I watched so far, so that there you go. I mean, yeah, it's not bad. It's just to me, it's become it's so mainstream now that you've got zombie this, and, you know, World War Z. Maybe World War Z is jumping the shark. You know, you've got Brad Pitt starring in a zombie film. Really? So it, wow. it seems like it's just it's gotten to the point where it's you know okay, you know, time to move on. But I you know I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm hoping that sort of Screen Park and you know a lot of these grassroots, homegrown films that are made with nothing but love and admiration for the genre versus just sort of properties and franchises will kind of reignite, almost like a renaissance. You know, it'd be nice to see a renaissance of, of filmmaking occur. And the internet's huge. Indiegogo, Kickstarter, these are tools that these filmmakers like myself can use to raise just enough money to get something on the screen, you know, and, and hopefully it's great and it garners attention and people are kind of looking away from these Hollywood films they're, you know, recycled, reused franchises and just kind of look and go, hey, what's going on over here? Here comes this innovative generation of filmmakers, you know, that are changing things and doing things for themselves. And, you know, you look at Screen Park, like you'd said, you know, you think of how well it was made. So it's it just goes to show how far characters and plot and just sort of construction of a film can go versus just money. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know... I can go on forever about Screen Park. I mean, I guess I'm probably a diehard 80s guy, but, you know, I've seen, believe it or not, I've seen a thousand films. I've reviewed almost a thousand films. And trust me, when I like something, I think you would think that I would know what I like and don't like, you know. And, uh, again, there's three films that comes to mind now that really blows my mind, and that's Mold, and that's... Uh, Bloody Bloody Bible Camp and at Screen Park. That's the three right now that I've seen in the last two and a half years, almost three years, that really stick to my head because it's an 80s style 
feel movie. Mold. I'm going to check out. I've heard of um, Bloody Bloody Bible Camp. Yeah, Mold um, is um, it's a filmmaker out of New York. Um, if you, you can go to Mold, he has a group. I think he has a group page in Facebook, too. You can type it in there. Oh, it has an exclamation point at the end of it. I think, yeah. Mold. Yep. Oh, that's great. Yep. And that was a cool movie, too. So it had that really nostalgia 80s feel, oh. too. Oh, man. It reminds me of, like, those movies like Worms or, um, you know, Attack of the Killer Shrews or any of those, you know, the, the Blob remake, those kind of films. Amen. I'm really I'm excited. I'm going to check this one out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But, uh, Anyways, Carrie, thank you for coming yeah. on. You're a great, oh, great guest. It was fun, and uh, you can. Uh, but anyways, uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, and, yeah uh, absolutely. Stay in touch. Let me know how this works out. I'm, you know, anything else you'd ever need from me. Frightland Amusement Park is closing for the last time. To sell tickets, the owner has a new plan.